0: Welcome to the Pick Truth Podcast, where we read confessions that people send us or that we find online and rate them based on their level of heat.
1: A truth can range from a bell pepper to a Carolina Reaper.
0: Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Pick Truth. I'm your host, Dr. Vicky Harris. I'm here with my co-host,
1: Lamont Hearn Jr.
0: And we're here to bring the heat. So this week's a little different. It's on the ones. And so we are going to have a guest. So today we have Mr. Charles Coleman Jr. Uh, he is a retired postmaster with over 30 years of sober service with the Postal Service. He's retired Navy. He's been married almost 39 years, I think towards the end of this month. Uh, he has two children, six grandchildren, and one great grandchild. And when asked about him, I asked to daughter some few questions about him, and he said, "She said he's the most caring person you'll ever meet, and he would give his last in spite of himself if it means he's about to help someone else." So that's who we have here today. Hopefully, he won't be too kind to some of these folks as we start <laughs> reading their truths. But welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. It should be pretty fun, so as always, when people first start with the recording, it's nervous, so uh, we'll take our time with it, and we'll we'll take out what we need to to make it a little bit more easy. How has your week been?
1: Uh, It's been good. Just uh, took the kids on a road trip with the wife and uh, had some fun, and came back and ready to record. How about yourself?
0: Uh, We did school shopping, Mm. so I got all the school supplies for my kindergartner and my first grader. And we had to go buy clothes. And the problem with clothes is that my oldest, no, excuse me, my largest son, he's in Husky. And I don't want to stigmatize him with, you need an eight Husky son or go up a whole nother size. Right. Uh, but we we're dealing with the clothes situation. And golly, these kids, they keep growing. Yeah. And I had to buy shoes. And I had to pay almost $40 for a pair of tennis shoes for a five-year-old.
1: Yeah, man, that's a lot. I
0: feel like jumping in the street like (laughs) and his other shoes, the red ones, literally bust burst open. Like literally the seams burst. Like, son, you have to take them off sometimes.
1: Like he was sleeping if he could. He's a solid kid. Yeah, Yeah, that's a very solid kid.
0: Yeah, he's solid. Yeah. So that's what our week has been about. We well, this past week. Got the got that done. And we got what, two more weeks before our kiddos start
2: school? Yeah, yeah. How y'all feeling about that? Because I'm concerned with all the new COVID stuff that's coming out. I'm very concerned about that. And plus, both of y'all have kids that's not in the age group to get shots. Mm -hmm.
1: So for listeners who don't know, um, Charles is actually my father-in-law. So there is a direct familial uh, position here, but we've talked about it. Um, It's it's one of those things that I'm not 100 percent sure about. I've tried to stay up on some of the protocols they're trying to keep. And, you know, but at the same time, it's one of those things where it's like, well, what do we do? Do we reject the moment and make them stay home and kind of deal with an entire year of this again? and it's just a lot to think about. So I don't, I don't really have a full, you know, hold on it at this point. What about you?
0: Yeah, uh, I'm getting my kids out this house. I spent the whole year
1: <laughs>
0: working full-time and being a full-time, well, part-time teacher. Me and my husband would split the responsibilities with Ash. Mm. It's a lot. Mm. It, mm. it is a lot. So imagining trying to do two of them, sweet Lord, I don't think I would I honestly. Now, when it comes down to like, the protocols, I think you are allowed to wear a mask or not. So we're going to ask our Otis if he wants to wear his mask and see how he he goes. Um, but we're just going to have to pray for the best. Mm-hmm. And I'm quite sure if this Delta variant continues to spread, we'll be back on lockdown.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, my biggest concern with it is that um, there's too many people out there that don't take this serious. mm mm-hmm. OK, they haven't used any protection. They just done been trying to live their life like they normally would. And by what they're doing it's affecting other people. So with my grandkids, I'm concerned about that. I know me as an adult, the parents, um, they know how to protect themselves. But with kids, you know, they get to school. They want to play, you know, the mask is going to be a hindrance to them, so they're not going to keep it on. And little Becky might have been with Uncle Bob, who's done been out to Billy Bob's bar drinking with his buddies, and all of them are exposed, and it goes on down the line. Mm-hmm. So that that's my concern, and that's something that you can't really, you know, other than try to put your kid in a bubble, you know, there's not too much you can do about it.
1: Yeah, your hands are pretty much tied. That's that's the tough part of it all. Is I know with my with my son, he's been going to uh, the 4K camp and he has his mask on. And it, from from what we've seen and what we've been told, we haven't had issues with him removing it. But even then, you know, it's still you know we just pray that everything's okay. So mm-hmm.
0: I will say they are pretty resilient with the mask. So uh, when I, my oldest went into class, went into this building last May it's past no, March. He wore his mask without a problem. He kept it on all day, only took it off to eat, washed his hands. They sang the ABCs twice in order to make sure they washed their hands long enough. Um, I think he will be fine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think my youngest has been in preschool. He's been that under that four years of age and didn't have to wear a mask before the mask mandate was lifted. Mm-hmm. I think he will have a bigger problem trying to adjust to wearing a mask because he didn't have to wear it for a year and a half. But... My oldest one did, so we'll listen. Somebody getting out of this house. It's gonna be <laughs> me or the kids. I don't really care which one it is. Somebody's gotta go. I, I've already asked my husband if I could have an apartment. Can I just have a one little, uh, uh, just an efficiency? I can go there once in a while, just relax. Cause this, my little system doesn't work. They keep coming in here, unlocking the door, laughing about it. I'm telling you what. I need a place, and I'm the only woman in the house. Even the dogs are boys, so.
1: You just outnumbered.
0: I'm outnumbered. I'm
1: outnumbered. True. I know the feeling. At one point before my son got here, that's how it was at our old house when we had the dog and my daughter and my wife. It was just me as the only guy there. Now with my son, oh yeah, it it, it definitely hits different once you have a you know person who can understand some of what you're thinking about. So yeah, I'm out here on my own. I hear mom about to hurt my child.
0: Mm. Okay, well, let's get get started with the show. Um, we're going to do one truth each. I'll start off. Um, hopefully, I won't have this echo that I can keep hearing, but I'll start off with my first truth, and then we'll go from there. All right, this one is titled, I spat over a balcony in dorm on two or three unsuspecting people. So this was absolutely disgusting of me. It happened on holiday in Benidorm a few years ago before the pandemic. Benidorm is a seaside resort on the eastern coast of Spain. Just FYI, I had to look that up because mm. I was like, I don't know what that is. So um, if this was COVID, I would 100% be arrested. I'm 17 now and was about 14 at the time. It was out of complete boredom. Some sick part of my mind thought it would be a good idea to spit off the balcony into a few people onto a few people only I knew I fucked up when I looked down from our balcony and saw two men pointed at our balcony. Then I got a right shouting at, uh, from my dad, not letting me on the balcony for the rest of the holiday. I swear to God, I am and never have been such a vile, disgusting human being, and I never wish to be. The guilt has hovered in my mind ever since. I need something to make me forget that awful memory that easily could have resulted in me being arrested. The worst part is I didn't even get to apologize to the few people I spat on. I'm autistic and I had been on my phone and laptop for a while, but I got bored. And since my parents were both having an afternoon nap, I wasn't feeling tired. I decided to go out to the balcony and commit the most absolutely sickening crime.
2: Mm.
0: Where was that? What are your thoughts?
2: Um, well, I think that was nasty. <laughs> 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 nobody wants to be spit on. I mean, that's just nasty. And when you were saying that, the first thing that popped in my head was, you know, I'm old enough to remember where if you uh, scraped your knee when you was a kid, your mother would uh, spit on a finger and rub it, uh, you know, wipe something off your face but, but with her with own spitting, you know, so forth. And from gaining some knowledge in life, I know that your spit has a whole lot of beneficial properties in it and a whole lot of healing properties. But it's just like um, you know, everybody on this planet poops. Right. But nobody wants to talk about poop. Okay. But if you don't do it, you're gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a quote.
0: <laughs> I'm now using that You don't poop, you're gonna
2: die.
1: True okay. sure, true enough. True yeah. sure enough. Yeah. Um yeah, that's nasty. I understand that's a kid, but at that point, I might have to consider having to fight a kid if I could have got up there to him. I don't know what the laws are in Spain. I know he said if COVID were in, then it would have been a crime, but I know here that's assault. Um, that's a big problem. I don't really, I'm not good with the whole idea of somebody spitting on me. I understand certain people may spit when they talk, but that's a different mm-hmm. form than someone actively choosing to spit on you. Not to mention, I mean, how far up was he? You know, how much force was that bringing down? Did it splatter? There's a whole lot of problems I have with that. The whole thing is just disgusting. So, okay.
0: This resonated with me for two reasons. One, spitting thing is something I can't tolerate. But so in my warped mind, because, you know, when you're a kid, you learn your lessons from the people who are around you. And I always learned that the only reason why it would be acceptable for a man to put his hands on a woman would be if she spit on him. And it's part of my core beliefs because that's what I learned when I was like three. Like you spit on a guy, he knock you out, that's your problem. Like that's and whether it's right or wrong, that is just how I believe. Man or woman, you spit on me. It's something. Like you now initiated a fight and that's perfectly acceptable.
1: Right. I mean, hey, what
0: happens, happens. The other thing is it resonated with me because that happened to me. So uh, I was a teenager, probably like 13, 14. So like real low self-esteem, you know, like you just want to be part of the crowd. You don't mm-hmm. really want to stick out. So we were at all places in Louisville, Kentucky and the Galleria. So mm-hmm. the Galleria doesn't exist rest anymore. <laughs> yeah, rest in peace, Galleria. doesn't exist anymore, but there's an upstairs yeah. and you can, there was a foot locker upstairs yep. and there was like a glass, like a, what's it called? A yeah. barrier yeah. where you can look over. And so me and my friends were standing, you know, talking or whatever. And like, I felt something. I thought, I felt two drops in my head and I thought, Oh, I'm standing under something's dripping. And I moved to the side and it I saw some spit hit the floor on the third drop. And I touched it, it was spit. Oh my God. I was so mortified and angry. Yeah. I wish my brothers had been with me because I really would have sent them out there and killed them. Like I really had, I would have had them throw them over the balcony. Like that is how I felt right. at the time. And like I was stand, like trying to stare at them to see if I recognized them or knew them. Because if I did, I swear. Yeah,
1: you could identify them later. I
0: swear, we would have been riding that night. I would call my brother. This is what happened to me. It was so embarrassing. So no one else really noticed it. Mm. So I cleaned out my hair or whatever, and I went home. But I. So this one is a reaper for me. This is a reaper. And the person who did that, you are disgusting. And I know you feel ashamed, but you should. You should feel shame, your piece of sh... Oh, sorry. I get, I get visceral when it's, it just touched me. Like I remember that like it was a, like, Seriously, I can absolutely remember it. I yeah. Oh my goodness, I, I I had a McDaily Double. Like that's not how long ago that <laughs> was. There was a McDonald's. That's a throwback. There, there was a McDaily Double. Oh, with the Double. little
1: jet streams on the side that had the colors on them. Yeah, I remember that. Some girls yep. around the corner. Yeah.
0: Yes, I, I, I spent a lot of time in the Galleria, but that is what that reminded me. So for me, that is the worst of the worst. And you know, if you would have gotten assaulted, hey, so be so it.
1: Yeah, um, I would have definitely rated it as high chili. Not necessarily because I don't think it's disgusting, but I mean, he's at least remorseful. That's different. As you know, we've had some stories where people have just not cared at all. Um, So I at least won't go all the way, um, but I'd say it was a tight show.
2: What do you think, Mr. Chuck? As far as the ratings, I put that in the category of, let's see here. Uh, Your truth could irritate others because that is irritating. Uh, My spirit is all right. Yeah. Now, I don't care about, you know, my spit's good. You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> but I don't want nobody else to spit on me.
1: Amen. Hey. Um,
2: you know, it's just like I tell my wife all the time, you know, my poop don't stink. You can come in here while I'm doing this. But, you know, yours does.
0: Well, yeah. I think we said that about a week or so ago that uh, everybody, what if we, we said something about poop and I can't even remember. Oh, it man. was like, and everybody has, everybody poops. Yeah, and some people just have corn in them. Oh, I said we all ain't shit. Yeah, <laughs> just some of us that have corn in it. Yeah, <laughs> still disgusting but funny. Aye. So you would get a poblano, you give it a Thai chili, and I give it a reaper. Mm. But yeah, uh, most of all, it's it's disgusting. Like, and I guess he's fourteen. Or we have to take an account his age.
1: But I was Maybe around- he was autistic as well. Yeah. Okay.
0: But at fourteen, that's when it happened to me around that age. So you know, I'm still bitter. And if <laughs> I ever somehow found those people. I, yeah, keep it to yourself because I would try to figure out how, a way to smash your life up if I could. Because I was so, you know, like when you're a kid, you already don't have a fully functioning brain. Right. But when something like that happens, it just like, it feels like an, a personal attack. Yeah. And they didn't care who they were spitting on. They're just trifling, right. little, little trifling ass kids up there. Not really caring. Just, anybody could have been a victim, but right. I, you know, took it super personal. Like, why would anyone want to spit on me? Yeah, it, it was. It was, and then I didn't want to cry in front of my friends. Right. Because I didn't want them to even know it happened. Oh
2: yeah.
1: But
0: they knew. Those boys knew. Oh, if I could, oh my God! If I could find them. Ah. Oh.
2: But you know, um, I, I, I guess it comes with age. But what you experienced was bad, and it would have irritated the heck out of me. But. The age, that I'm, is it all right if I say what I'm right? Okay. I'll be 65 this year. And uh, at the age of 65, you know, I would look at that as kids being mischievous. Mm-hmm. Even though it was nasty and they need to be corrected on that, I still would put that in the category of being mischievous. And I have to take myself back and think about some of the stupid stuff I did. Mm. at 14 years old and you got to remember at 14 that's puberty for boys you know you're going through puberty so you know you kind of exerting yourself your voice has done got a little deeper you got hair going in places that you ain't never had it before so you know you testing the waters and you do stupid stuff one day I could tell you some of the stuff I did at 14 that if it had to play it all the way out I wouldn't be here talking to you right now mm-hmm. you know so You know, I I just look at it that way. You know, a kid doing stupid, mischievous stuff. Hopefully, somebody's there that can tell them the error of their ways. But still, yet, you know, they' being a kid.
0: Hmm. See, and normally I am the advocate for up their kid. Let's take it. I think because of a personal (laughs) remembrance,
2: yeah, like burn
0: them at the stake. All right, Mr. Chuck, let's let
2: you read your, uh, your truth we have for you. Okay. I have been provoking people into attacking me just so I can have an excuse to use my martial arts. Since COVID, I have got into many fights with regular everyday people in New Jersey and New York on purpose. There was a time where people used to get beat up for not wearing masks. So I purposely went outside without a mask just to get people to attack me. It wouldn't always happen, but when someone did, I look forward to beating them unconscious. I am a brown belt in karate, proficient in wrestling and experienced boxer. I have developed this strong urge to want to fight people who I deem to be strong. It has gotten so bad to the point where every time I see a guy, I am analyzing his body and the way he carries himself and giving him a rating on a scale of 1 to 99 on how strong he is with me being at 100. I think it's a sickness, but I just love to fight. There's a janitor at my job. He's around 6'5", seems to have somewhat muscular build. Every time I see him, I get so excited I want to just punch him in the face so that he attack me. Ever since I started training eight years ago, I've loved the thrill of battle. The sweat, the blood, the vibrations of each punch is just so intoxicating. Do I need help?
0: Yes. Need hell help. yeah. Yes, you need help.
2: Uh, hell yeah, you need help.
0: He said, I was gonna punch you in the face. Could right. you imagine it's... me at your
1: job, and all of a sudden, something just come up here and punch you, you? Just sock you in the face? That's crazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm confused, because I thought the whole point of martial arts is you, while you do learn and train to know how to fight, the whole point is to not fight. That's the whole point of learning this. So, I mean, you know, this guy's got a lot going on. Um, yeah, he's a bully. Yeah,
0: there's something wrong yeah. with it. like That's a sickness. Could you, uh, first of all, it's COVID. Nobody really want to fight. Right. You know, we all just want to put your mask on, get to your next location and get home. Like, yeah.
1: that's,
0: that's what you want to do. But you are out here provoking folks and and trying to get stuff started just so that you can fight. That's a you might be great for the military, Mm-mm. but not out here on these streets.
1: You might you?
2: catch a bullet. Yeah, because my thoughts is my first thought is um, you come up to me that way, I'm gonna pick up a brick and crack you upside the head. But at sixty five. And to live some life, the first thing I'm thinking is, you know, what's done happening in this boy's life to make him be this aggressive at this stage of his life? Mm. You know, maybe he's done being abused. You know, maybe he was bullied. You know, it's a whole lot of stuff that I think about now. Back in the day, you know, as little as I was, you know, we'd be rolling on in the dirt. But now I look at him and I somewhat pity somebody that's like that. You know, why are you like that? So, you know.
0: Have you ever been in any fights when you were young? Oh, my God. What's the worst one you can think of? Bimbo Richards. Okay, tell us about Bimbo Richards.
2: I can't even remember what the fight was. We was in front of my grandmother's house, and my grandmother had two trees out in the front yard. And me and Bimbo was fighting, and I, I, I used to box. This ain't no brag thing, but I used to box. And me and my brother, we took up boxing when we lived in the projects at Shepherd Square at Grace Hope community center. We used to box. I had two fights. Both of them I won by a knockout. The first one was a boy named Arlen Goldston. He's dead now, but uh, his family's still living. And he had a big mole on his face. And I, not intentionally, but hit him in the mole and it tore it off his face and they stopped the fight and I won by a TKO. Mm. And the second one I actually did knock the person out. But anyway, bimbo. Me and him in the front yard fighting, and I mean, I'm hitting him, jabbing, jabbing, jabbing. And Bimbo was a big linebacker football player for Seneca High School when I was in high school. He was a linebacker, Mm. okay? And I'm hitting him, and he's (laughs) just shaking it off like it ain't nothing. Mm. And then all of a sudden, Bimbo ran and grabbed me by both my arms. Now, you got to remember, I weighed probably 98 pounds, You know, at that stage, and he took me to the tree in my grandmother's yard and just dragged me up and down the tree for about, I'd say about 30 seconds until everybody just got him off of me. And um, after that was done, you know, that took all the fight out of me. Plus, it took all the skin off my back. And that was just one fight. But everybody said that I won the fight. Because, you know, I was hitting bimbo, even though my hits didn't hurt. (laughs) You know, but, you know, I won the fight. And, you know, I wasn't able to sleep on my back for about two weeks.
1: Mm. And that's
2: just one fight. I didn't had a whole lot of fight. I used to fight all the time when I was a kid. And I was like this boy here. And I had a reason for being aggressive like that because of my upbringing. But I used to fight all the time. And I was the one in my family of six kids that you mess with any of my brothers and sisters. You got to deal with me. Mm. You know, so yes, I have had fights. <laughs> bimbo Richard. But bimbo. 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 Oh, it Richards. sounds that does sound painful
1: as
0: hell. Though. Like I'm saying yeah, that.
2: Somebody rating your back for thirty with a. Well, tree. here's the thing that you really got to think about is another human grabbing another human and just literally doing something like they see on the cartoons.
1: <laughs> yeah, it did sound animated when like you said a, it. Uh, yeah.
2: What is a what is a grater? Yeah. Like, can you you as a great, I thought of a
1: washboard. You. That's the first thing I thought it was like a washboard, somebody I like just washing clothes. But instead of of um, clothes, it was
2: your back. Oh, man. Yeah, I feel like I would have had a bite him or something. Yeah. Well, the end of the story is, um, Bimbo Richards. You know, we was in the, lived in the same neighborhood when I graduated from high school and went into the service. Uh, Bimbo Richards moved out west to. Um, Oh, heck, I can't remember what state, Arizona or something like that. But anyway, he got convicted of murder. And uh, to the best of my knowledge, the last time I talked to his brother, he was still in the penitentiary. Wow. Yeah. Okay, was his real name Bimbo or is that? uh, No, that's. that's Do you remember his name? I'm going to be honest with you. Half the people that I grew up with that had a nickname. That's all I ever knew. Yeah. And he was behind me in school. So, you know, we wasn't in no classes together. So I never, he was, everybody called him Bimbo. Mm. Wow. Wow.
0: I, that, that's true for me. I went to yeah. HBCU and we joke about it all the time where there are people, I graduated, oh, 20 years ago. I don't know their real name. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. You go by Woogie, that is your name. Like Dookie, like these are their names, and I have no idea what your real name is.
1: I'm sure graduation, because I remember that there were certain people that they would say their name during graduation, and you'd be like, Oh, I never thought that I never thought about the fact this person actually has a you know given name by their mother that you're gonna refer to when they graduate, because we've always known this person is, you know, XYZ. It's
2: not boogie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Can, can, can I tell them another fight story? Real quick? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, and I ain't going to say this person's name because right now, to this day, he's a preacher here in Louisville. Okay. Wow. So I'm not going to even say his name. Okay. But anyway, um, we, um, back in the 70s, and that's where I'm from, the 70s, that's my era, you know, we did a whole lot of drugs back in the 70s. And um, uh, this person went to one of the ladies that was a little obese and got her to get him some diet pills, and we called them black widows back then. And um, she got him a, she got a prescription for the black widows from one of the local doctors and gave him the pills. He gave her a little piece of money. So um, I used to sell marijuana. You know, uh, you hear people talk about nickel bags. Well, when I was selling them, they were $6 bags, so they were $0.06 cent bags. And um, uh, so because I had a good clientele, and that's all I did was just that, this person came to me to sell his black widows. So uh, back then, the black widows were selling for like uh, $5 a piece. And, you know, it cost just $25 to go to the doctor to pay for the the, the, the doctor visit. And uh, I don't know what the prescription costs. But anyway, it was you would make a whole lot more money than what you originally invested. So they're selling for $5. He got me to sell them. So me and a friend, we sold them and sold all of them within a couple of days and, you know, had a couple hundred dollars. And we spent all the money. Mm. We spent all the money. I mean, we went down on 4th Street and went to the House of Adams and brought knit shirts. And I brought a pair of green alligator shoes that cost $49. What's the House of Adams? House of Adams was a men's store that was on 4th Street back in the 70s. Okay. Okay. And um, and the people who are in my age group will know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> but um, uh, we spent all the money. So a couple of weeks later, we was on the corner of my neighborhood, and you know, like we always do, we out there shooting dice. So we standing on the corner, and this person came up that I was selling for came up to me and asked for his money. And I, you know, I'm around my fellas and everything, so you know, I'm gonna talk stuff. You know, all ninety eight pounds of me. <laughs> You know, Negro, and I didn't say Negro, but get out of my face, I ain't got no money. And so he walked away, and I'm down on the ground shooting dice, and the next thing I know, everybody starts scooting away, and all of a sudden, I felt this pressure on my head. This dude came up and hit me in the back of the head with a pistol. Okay, and then he pointed the pistol on me as I'm laying on the ground with a big Blood shooting out of my head. Talk about where is this money? Now, I, I ain't seen, I ain't think about my head or nothing. All I thought about was that pistol pointing at it, pointing at me. And I told him, I said, look, man, I get the money. Don't worry. I get it. Uh, I mean, scared the heck out of me. And right to this day, I got a spot in the back of my head the hair won't grow. Wow. I keep Murray's grease on it and smooth it down because hair won't grow on that spot where I got hit and I got a little bump still back there. But um, uh, to get back to the fight part of it, I paid him his money. I mean, I, I sold pop bottles and I did everything I could to get that money because he scared the heck out of me with that gun. Hmm. And I paid him his money. And so a um, few weeks later, we was in a field that we went to playing football. And you know, we played tackle football. You know, it wasn't no touch or nothing like that. It was tackle. I mean, we played with, uh, if people know Lamont, you know, I had friends that was his size when I was 14 years old. And we played with people like that. But anyway, we was over there and this person that hit me in the head with a pistol was there. And everybody was teasing me about him hitting me in the head with a pistol because, you know, we all from the same neighborhood. So we was all together and um, Couldn't take it no more, so I blocked him and he got mad. So he pushed me and I pushed him back and we got to fighting. You know, and I'm doing my boxing. I'm sticking and moving, sticking and moving. And uh, I tripped because we're in the field. I tripped and fell down. And as I fell down, he came lunging at me uh, to get on top of me. And my instinct was to kick. And I mean, I kicked three times straight in his face. And knocked all the fight out of him. And uh, Bimbo comes back into this story. Okay. So that was the end of the fight. You know, I kicked him in his face three times and that was it. You know, took all the fight out of him. So when we got back to the neighborhood, everybody was teasing. Bimbo was teasing the person that I was fighting about, you know, getting kicked in the face. And this person went home. Got his rifle this time. He didn't get a pistol. He got a rifle. And it was like a hunting rifle, but it was a rifle. It shoots bullets. And he came back, and we was just, and this was all in front of my grandmother's house again, in front of that tree that I got dragged up and down a few weeks before uh, by Bimbo. And uh, uh, he came out with this rifle. And I don't think he really wanted to shoot him. I think he just wanted to scare him because, you know, he was talking about him so bad, but he shot it. And he shot over the head, and you could hear the bullet go through the leaves in the tree, you know. And the tree was down low, so, you know, I could have jumped up and touched the leaves. So it was close enough where it caused some concern. So um, uh, that scattered everybody, but get back to the fight part of it. Fell down, kicked him in his face three times, full throttle, took all the fight out of him. So I redeemed myself from getting hit in the head with the pistol. Mm -hmm. Okay. He comes back with a rifle. Right. Oh yeah. He's he ended up going to a penitentiary too, and after he came out of the penitentiary, he uh, came out religious, and you know he's done been doing a whole lot of positive stuff in Louisville right now. You will see this person on the news because he does a whole lot of positive stuff for the city now.
0: And you said to your point, this person that was in your your troop was walking around. Attacking people because we don't know why. We don't know what their right. motivation is for being that angry. Mm. What was your motivation for being that angry when you were younger?
2: My motivation was what uh, nowadays they call abuse. I was abused as a kid, not sexually abused, but physically abused. Um, my father, I'm Charles Coleman, and my father's name is Charles Coleman. I'm a junior. I'm my mother's second child. When I was two years old, my mother and father divorced, okay, and my mother... After that, because me and my brother was the only two kids. And then after that, my mother eventually had four more children by four more different men. Mm -hmm. And the last of the four, my baby brother, who's a junior also, I'm in a family that's got two juniors. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, that husband was very abusive. And he used to, me and my older brother, he used to beat us. And I mean, with extension cards, if you could imagine getting hit with a stanchion card. Been there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, that used to yeah. be well, my mother's weapon of choice. Well, me and my brother, after we got our whoopers, we used to compare the whips that we had on our back and our legs and so forth. And he was very, very abusive. And what happened to me from that was I ended up having a problem with men in authority, Okay, I just, you know, uh, rebelled against when I was in school and I've always been a person like to read and a curious mind, you know, asked a whole lot of questions. And in all my women teachers classes, I did great. I felt even in gym, all the men classes, you know, and that was because I had a rebel. And it, it took me getting grown before I realized the motivation about that. Now, footnote on that story. This husband, uh, my mother's last husband, who tried to kill her, and my mother was ready to jump out of a second floor window when we lived in cotta homes uh, back in the in '68. Well, she ended up leaving, taking my younger brother and my two younger sisters with her, and she moved to Chicago. And me and my brother, uh, my older brother, we ended up staying with my father's mother, my grandmother, and my brother. Under me, he ended up staying with his father. And we didn't know where my mother was for at least a year before they let us know. Because they felt that if we knew some kind of way, we would let this abusive person know and he would track her down. But she was in Chicago. And we didn't see my mother for a year. So, um, and... That's when I moved out in this neighborhood where Bimbo lived at, <laughs> you know, living with my grandmother, my mother's mother and father. So, uh, uh, to answer your question, get back to it, that made me have a situation with men and authorities and, you know, uh, uh, that has followed me all my life. And the footnote that I was going to put on that story is this person that my mother was married to just died three days ago. Wow. Yeah, and uh, his son, my baby brother, called me and told me, and I asked him about the arrangement. So he told me, and I told him, I'm I'm going to his wake because I want to actually see him in a casket. But after I thought about that, I had to do one of them WWJDs. Mm -hmm. You know, okay, I got all this bitterness in my heart because you separated my family. And, you know, to this day, you know, I'm not as close with my two sisters and my baby brother as i am with my older brother who's dead now you know because of what this man did so you know versus carrying that weight with me you know i want to go look at him in the casket and even though he won't hear me let him know that i forgive Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know because that carried a whole lot into my life
0: I can understand. So, for those that don't know, WWJD is What Would Jesus Do? That's for any listeners that might be uh, not in the U.S. But mm-hmm. that makes total sense. I completely understand what you're saying.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's not an easy thing to go through or to right, get right. over, especially if you don't have help. Mm-hmm. So, I experienced some some messy stuff when I was younger. And I had to spend, what, four months in an intensive in outpatient program where... I got the help that I needed in cognitive behavior therapy to get through some of the the issues that I carried. So mine was insecurity and people pleasing, and all kinds of mm-hmm. nothing I did was good enough. Mm-hmm. I was constantly trying to prove my value. Mm-hmm. So even after I became a doctor, that's when it all broke for me because that wasn't enough and I needed to be another doctor. Like we going out for another one. And so I can totally understand exactly what you're saying that this is one of those moments in your life where you feel like had you behaved differently, my life would be on a different trajectory. Mm-hmm. So like, I totally understand.
2: And that. talking about this person here, that's the Brown belt in karate and, you know, going out, you know, instigating fights and everything, you know, what led to that? And so, you know, like I said before, you know, I would have probably took him on on the fight thing. Cause like I said, I was a little scrapper, hmm. but, um, now at this age I ask, what's what's your motivation? Why mm-hmm. why are you like that? And I think about my life. On the previous story that you told about the little boy Spit, you know, uh, you know, you doing that, you know, you're supposed to get your little butt whooped. But, you know, I look at more past, you know, why are you like you are? And so forth. So that's how I think and, you know, I'm at least twenty years older than both of y'all. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know my perspective on life is a whole lot different than y'all's perspective. Yes,
0: sir. Which is why I think I like our show so much because we myopically look at these and say, okay, based on my experience, this is where I think this lies or why I think it lies this way. Mm -hmm. But the more experience you have, because I have, I I joke that I have like three decades on some of these little babies. I got three decades on you. I got four decades on you. I, I. I know what I'm talking about, right. but now you got a couple of extra decades on us and you know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just looking at things in a different lens So, because yeah. you know, people are people yeah. and we sometimes only see that the end result and not what got them to this point.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my
0: question would be to both of you all, when we run into someone like this, who's super aggressive or having behavior that is aggressive or inappropriate Mm -hmm. how do you deal with that in a way that doesn't get us caught
1: up in it for me i've i've had to learn um with those type of issues to practice restraint like you said initially um, my response would have been especially years past to have physically responded now i guess by being a father and having major responsibilities and understanding that it's more important to make sure that i'm getting home to them rather than proving that i can defeat this person or however you want to say it is more important. Now I'll admit I never really initially thought of what led that person there. Um, Now if I were in a situation where maybe my family was there and it was for their protection that's different but if it's just me my my intention would be to try to defuse the situation with as least amount of combat as possible. So you know just trying to grow and change on it now. I'm still a scrapper.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Come on with it. (laughs) Come on with it.
1: You Even know, boy. I got a
2: concealed carry permit. So if you start getting the best of me, you know, hey, he was attacking me. I'm an old man. You know, you young buck. You know, you hurt me. So I had to defend myself.
0: Not the old man though. I'm like, an right. old man. Yeah, I use that when it
2: comes uh, sh- to my freedom. old, hey. uh, sh-
0: but okay.
2: That sh- shift happened
1: fast. <laughs> oh, I'm, a from a. I'm trying to see how people are to shitty ch- bang bang. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Listen, I, I'll give you a pass, or uh, I will scrap with you. Yeah, but if we get too far,
1: I, you, yeah, you, you got to some of these rounds. Hey, yeah. hey,
0: don't give my rifle, shoot over your head. <laughs> okay, yeah. so what did everyone rate this? Uh, this past truth, this truth
2: with this guy walking around, punching folks. I still, me personally, I still have to say your truth can irritate others because that's irritating. So, uh, what do you call that? A poblano. P- poblano. A poblano. I give that a poblano.
0: Uh, I'm giving it a tie, chili. Yeah. I think it is one of those things where, what are you doing? Like, yeah. why are you out here assaulting people? And yes, you have a problem. Yeah, you probably need some help.
1: Yeah, I'd say a tie, chili as well. Just because, for me, it's the attacking people. And I understand that you may be wanting to challenge yourself, quote unquote. But at the same time, listening to how he is stating in the story... I don't think he's always picking people who he feels like are a challenge. Mm-hmm. And that's where my issue comes in. If you're fighting people who you know they have no chance, then that's too far. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't think you should be fighting anyone just because anyway. But if you're picking someone on his scale that's a 30, like, come on, man. Like, was that really worth it? Right. Like, right. It's just it's just nonsense.
0: So what was that when you just said? I just totally blanked.
1: Which, oh, what I rated it? Yeah. A tie. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. I heard tie, tie,
0: tie and I'm like, what did he just say?
1: Yeah, yeah, tie chilling. Yeah. he's it, just, yeah, he's doing too much. and I think that's just a bridge too far. Yeah, you know, He is. might need to be thrown off a bridge. Yeah. That far, that's a lot. I understand trying to figure out why he may be that way, but at but, the same yeah, time. At the
2: spur of the moment, you ain't thinking yeah,
1: like that. Like, I, I, I got other things that I got to think of. Now, after the fact, yeah. I'll, I'll kind of try to figure out where you are. So, I guess that just leaves me to do my...
0: uh, Yeah, let's go into our last truth for
1: this episode. So, my truth is titled, I slammed into the landlord's office with a car and got away with it. It was late one night and I was late dropping off the rent at my landlord's office building at like 2 a.m. My shoes were wet from rain and my foot slipped off the brake pedal and my car went into his office wall and annihilated it significant damage to the point of needing reconstruction to the whole structure, which is also connected to other tenants housing, probably $10,000 worth. Miraculously, though, the guy had just bought the properties from previous from the previous landlord who had it for decades and had not installed cameras or security of any sort. I got the hell out of there and by some miracle, my car barely had a scratch on it. From what I hear, he wanted to murder the person who did it, but I was never caught. He suspected me. Due to my rent being deposited the same night and asked some people who were doing landscaping, examined all my vehicles closely. I know due to seeing them do it through the curtains as they were working. I overheard them call him and say there are no damage to any of these vehicles. They're all spotless. Months later, someone let slip that he was on the lookout for any vehicle of a tenant who had damage to the front end. Haha, It was an act of
2: God. Mm-hmm. Wow. Reaper.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Tell me why you think it's a revert. Uh, I mean, he, he nobody knows he did it. He, can't nobody prove he did it. Um, <laughs> uh, the landlord's got insurance. This stuff's gonna get taken care of. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, um, I mean, the manly thing would have been to say, "Hey, look, I did this," but you know, hey, you know, if I get a ding on your insurance, when you, you know, yeah, so, yeah, I. I I would take that and just walk with it and not say nothing. I have to agree. I well, it's like a. It's,
0: I probably would have told the truth just because of who I am. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just who I am. I was just like ah, oh, I messed up. Told the truth, got it resolved. Right. But if you're not going to tell the truth, and you got away with it. Well, don't tell nobody else. Why you on it? Why you on the internet and the interwebs telling people this story? Because right. Don't tell anybody. Like just go ahead and. Well, I have a question. Did they say they feel bad or anything? Did they make any indication of remorse?
1: No, he literally said, ha ha, it was an act of God. So, no, he didn't give any indication that he was sorry. I mean, not not anything that he said there. And I, I checked for any follow-ups on there. And I didn't see anything that showed any remorse for it. So, so. yeah, I, it's been, would this be a, no, a tie
0: chili. I'm going to go Thai chili. It's, don't ever let that man find out it was right. you.
1: Yeah, because he, clearly the landlord's putting in work trying to find who did it. Yeah, So he feels some type of way about it. Like, I thing think it's an insurance thing like, for him at that point. He's yeah, he got some, some other things in mind. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, he's mm-hmm.
1: trying to get somebody's neck. And I mean, if your car has no damage on it, yeah, you should probably take this one to your deathbed. Like, even your car was clear of this moment. So at that point, it never happened. It wasn't you. Yeah. So I agree with the Reaper. As far as taking to your deathbed, I, I'd be like, man that's tragic that's unfortunate Dang. i hope you find who did it because my <laughs> car ain't tell telling me
0: so you know how like you always know when somebody really has done something you yes. know but you can't prove it Oh, you know how heated it would be having a conversation oh, like man. I, man i'm so sorry i, I wish you know, whoever did that is terrible. Awful. And you over there like, I wish I was the guy to walk around punching people in the face for yeah. the it. Yeah, starting fights. Yeah, I could I could see that. I so I have a
1: prepared. question for uh, both of you. Have you ever had an accident like that where you maybe have hit a car or a building or anything like that? Yeah. And not said anything? No.
0: I've always said something. you always said something. So most recently <laughs> was about two years ago. Mm-hmm. I uh, was pulling out of the driveway at my mother-in-law's house and... I pulled out, to, there was a car right behind the driveway, mm. and I like, backed into it. It wasn't a lot of force, but it was a little bit of a, a dent in the door. I pulled back in, called the police, had them leave a note in the car, We got it taken care of. I could have gotten away with it. And like I know my mother-in-law saw it, but I think she'll take one for a team. So like, I could have just been like, er, let's go. But my right. kids were with me. And when you make a mistake, you just own up to it and take care of it. So, that's the only time I've caused an accident. Now, I've had people be very foolish around me, but that's the first time I ever did anything that caused a nick. How about you, Mr. Chuck?
2: (laughs) Um, Well, the first time that happened to me, um, oh, God, I was about 16 years old. And driving my grandparents' car, wintertime, ice had in a house full of Mexicans.
0: <laughs>
2: Came around a corner where a car was coming straight and I turning around the corner and uh, my car slipped, ran right into him. Hmm. And he went over in the ditch and, you know, couldn't get out. And matter of fact, he couldn't even open his door for some reason. I don't know, but I just kept on going. That, stop.
0: that's a confession that's a hell of a confession we had we, we had
2: a confession about very that very similar at but, the beginning yeah but Something
0: not very similar yeah not exactly the same but very similar mm-hmm. it was they uh saw an accident and was like
1: i'm out mm-hmm.
2: cuz they were drunk
1: yeah they were drunk and they saw somebody over in the kitchen. they were kind of like uh, how dead. old
2: were you i would say i had to be 16 you know just had my license because of, uh, i was scared didn't you know insurance wasn't mandatory then mm. but uh didn't have no insurance, and if it came down to paying, my grandparents, you know, they were, they couldn't afford to pay that, and you know, and my grandfather's car was an old, well-built steel car, a, a, a Pontiac Bonneville mm-hmm. convertible, and uh, right, yeah, well, it was winter time, so the top wasn't, <laughs> <be. laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, once I did it, you know, I I actually just got scared, and you know, I was under the influence of marijuana. And just for the record, I used to do that, I don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. So don't think I'm a little pothead or nothing like that. But, uh, but Me either. I, but if I got some, I'll try it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But uh, uh, yeah, I got scared, paranoid, and you know, just kept going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: It, it explains it, because if we think about, we go back and think about yeah. the truth we had, like literally, it might've been the second or third episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a kid who was drunk and you're scared. You're like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. I, you know, and it's easy to judge somebody in that moment, but you don't know what you would do yeah. when you're Especially
1: happy. when we're sitting here sober and not even in that predicament. It's really easy to always you know, be like, oh no, I would never okay now you're in that now you're in that situation now what you do I'll pull it off oh Mm -hmm. so you are human okay right okay
0: you're a human being right you said something interesting though that I didn't know so insurance wasn't required back then Mm
2: -mm. wow man
1: health insurance is required now
2: yeah mandatory but now you know people had insurance but you know you couldn't couldn't afford to insure a teenager
0: you can't afford to insure a teenager now Now. Yeah. yeah
2: But you have to now.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't wow. want think about it. So you turn 25. Again, 25 is the magic number, people. That's why, um, what's it called? Uh, rental car agencies typically require to be at least 25. Yeah. Um, because your, and your insurance typically goes down if you haven't had any accidents. Yeah. At the age twenty five, because
2: then your brain is fully developed. Now the thing to remember, though, men's insurance or boys' insurance is a whole lot higher than girls' insurance. Yep. Okay, because yeah. boys do stuff like what I just talked about. <laughs> <laughs> you know what?
1: It's funny that you say that because now I think about it. I remember whenever we would, whenever we would rent cars um, for uh, whenever we were rent cars for family trips, uh, we go to the airport or somewhere and rent a car and my wife would always have to be the one to get the car in her name because I was, you know, under 25. 25. But the thing was, I was always the one driving. You know, and when I think about it now, that's ironic, one of those things I'm pretty sure when my kids are older, I'll be like, hey, uh, don't do that. You know, there's some problems there, but it's interesting now. And luckily I was always safe. Never had any issues, but.
2: uh. That's something that I want to just inject real quick and I'll be quiet. But. Uh, when I was asked to talk, that's one of the things I wanted to talk about is being a parent because I got some strong views on that, but I ain't going to get into that. I'll come back and we can talk about that another okay. time. Okay. But the, um, uh, um, the thing that I would like to say is, you know, um, as a parent to the both of you, mm-hmm. you know, your kids is going to do some crazy stuff. You know, they're going to get on your last nerve. Just like you was just saying, you done been in scooped up with them for a whole year and so forth. You know, um, I can remember when the other person here with me right now, who's married to my daughter, I can remember when she was a child. And I can remember times that she would be crying and crying and wouldn't shut up. And it would just, ah, damn it, will you shut up? You know, somebody, I put a sock in your mouth. (laughs) You know, and all of that. And, you know, I think back on that and uh, think about how impatient I would be sometimes, and you know, uh, but then I think about you know the time that you know you laying there and I'm giving you your bottle and you grab my finger and you try to put my finger in your mouth and that was so cute and all of that. And I look at my grown woman child now who has children of her own, and I look at her and I try to envision her as that little person that grabbed my finger, you know, and remember those times. And you know, they gone but they still memories right. and it seems like yesterday that that happened okay so you know your kids are getting on your nerves now you know please give me Calgon take me away you know and all of that but one day they're gonna just be a memory mm-hmm. and you gotta wow. cherish this time and make good memories while you're with your kids right now so that when you sit back and think about this stuff you have good memories mm-hmm. You know, thank so. you
0: for that. Like my aunt, my aunt has told me that from the beginning. Uh, we've been back here in Louisville five years, yeah, and it, from the beginning, cherish it. It's gonna go by fast. My youngest was two months old when we moved back, so he's five now, and I can't believe how big and how big he is. Like he didn't, yeah. They really don't need me for much because we we really have them to be self sufficient. Mm-hmm. We started very very young. It's started with them having to clean their own room. And then it started, you know, then it was the garbage. And now they have to put their clothes away. And now they're washing their clothes. Well, they're getting everything ready for the washer because they can't reach it. They do the um the dishes and they have to clean the table. Like they are more and more responsibilities. Really, my children could take care of themselves for a whole day if they wanted to. Right. They know how to make their own breakfast, they can make waffles, they know how to make their own popcorn, you know, they're learning how to make jam sandwiches, Lord help us. But it's gone by so quick. These because my oldest is 6 It's so
2: quick.
0: Yeah. And I'm trying to enjoy it. I'm trying to realize that there's gonna be a point where I'm gonna be like,
2: I miss them. The thing to remember is, you know, uh, and I say this now because I've experienced it and I've heard my parents say it before I became a parent, but you know, y'all dealing with stages and y'all basically in the first stage, okay? Now I mentioned about 14 and puberty, okay? You got boys. Mm You got a boy, but you got a girl, too. And everybody goes through puberty. And when they go through puberty, them hormones make them go crazy. Okay? Your wife went through puberty. And when she went through puberty, and I have never whooped this girl. But when she went through puberty, I was ready to beat her. Because, you know, she's talking back and why can't I stay out to one o'clock in the morning with my friends and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And we knew what to expect because her brother, Mm -hmm. who's 10 years older than her, when he went through puberty at 14 and me and my wife not having no experience with this, thought he was going crazy. So we took him to a doctor, (laughs) (laughs) you know, uh, and I could say the doctor's name, but uh, it was a pediatrician named Beverly Gaines. And she had been our family pediatrician for years. And um, she came back after checking him out and everything and said, Mr. Miss Coleman, yeah, I ain't got to worry about him. He's just growing up. He's starting to get hair in other places and all that. And he's going through puberty. And she explained it to us, broke it down to us because we, you know, y'all being a parent don't come with no instruction. No. no. Not. You know, so we didn't know. We thought he was going crazy. I mean, we really did. Something wrong with this boy's on drugs or something. He talking back, you know, and all of this. And that's what she explained. So, like I told my daughter all the time, and I said to this day, her brother was a practice dummy for her. So, you know, my daughter is, you know, uh, uh, did good in school, college graduate, uh, got a pretty decent job and, you know, a good life and all of that. Basically, because we learned how to be a parent from her brother. Yeah, he learned the job. And, you know, he turned out all right. You know, it could be better, but he turned out all right also. But uh, uh, y'all going through phases. Y'all in the first phase. This is the fun phase. Believe me, because y'all have control. Mm-hmm. You can say, stop, and they have to stop. It's The next phase <laughs> is the phase that's going to put some gray in your head. You know, that teenage phase, Okay. So just be for Enjoy these moments. I
0: will. All right. yeah. I will work on it because yeah. I don't want to think about
1: it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's very interesting. Um, especially like you said with uh, my oldest being my daughter. Um, I watch my wife and my daughter sometimes have their moments where I can see clashes and I'm like, these aren't really the real clashes because she's only so old right now. She's nowhere near being a teenager. Mm-hmm. She's in the middle of elementary school. So we're not even at that point where they're Really,
2: really gonna potentially, you know, in y'all's age group, y'all get this kind of stuff in school, you know, sex education. I mean, you know, we when I was a kid, we couldn't even say the word sex, Mm. you know, and sex education, you know, it's the boys, the big boys telling us, you know, what you're supposed to be doing and all of that. So I had no knowledge whatsoever of a woman having a period, okay. Um, I remember. Being sitting on the toilet in Shepherd Square Projects, opening up the cabinet under the sink and taking out my mama's box of tampacks, and it had instructions in it. And the instructions was a drawing of a woman with a foot on the toilet, you know, inserting. And I mean, that was sexy as hell to me. I mean, you know, that gave me a whole lot of dreams that I had to change the sheet. Okay? (laughs) But that is how it looks up, that's how the image looks. Yeah, I admit I've
1: never I've never looked at the instructions.
2: But the point being is, you know, it wasn't something that right. people talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, so I didn't know nothing about it. Matter of fact, my wife has explained to me since we've been together all about this, and I understand it completely now. But until I got married, I had no idea about it. I knew women went through it,
1: right? But not the you intricacies and in details. I mean,
2: you losing. Uh, one eighth of the blood out of your body? <laughs> what kind of stuff is that? Yeah. Treat
0: your mothers nicely, people. Treat them nicely. <laughs> All right, well, I think that wraps up the show. First, I want to thank you for being here, Mr. Jack. It was so no much problem. fun. I hope you will grace us again.
1: Absolutely, please.
0: If you like today's show, help us out. Subscribe and send the show to two friends. Uh, if you've not done so already, please join our Facebook group, Pick Truth, And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and
1: Twitter. Oh, and we also have a YouTube channel as well where we upload all videos. Um, They are right now just the uh, vocal. We are working on doing some other things. We just want to keep going and see how we can grow it. And please don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. All right, catch you next time. Later. All right. We can't pick truth without you.
0: Send us your truths at picktruthmail at post.com See if you can bring the heat.